Well, good evening, and welcome once again to The Word in a Year. I hope you've had a good day. It's been a great day in the house of God, and just hanging out with family, and just having a good day today. God is good, amen? God is good, and... um you know, even in the midst of all the trials and all the temptations and all the things that we have going on, we can still rest in the fact that God is good. And uh, tonight, we're just going to continue on in the Word of God. Um, we're in Numbers chapter 22 tonight. I believe we're about halfway through the book of Numbers now. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I honestly didn't think that I would enjoy numbers as much as as I have. But um, yeah, it looks like we're over halfway through the book of numbers. And um, it's going to be another good um, time in the word, as always. There's always always things that we can learn and grow from and... You know, I I just thank God that every single time that we open up his word, he is right there. And he's right there to speak to us. He's right there to show us that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And that no man can come to the Father except through him. And, um, man, I just just hope and pray that... um, you're getting as much out of this lesson as uh, I am. You know, I, my pastor uh, made a statement the other day, and that statement was the fact that, you know, when we preach, we're not just preaching to the congregation, but we're preaching to ourselves first. And, uh, man, what a what a truth. What a truth that is that when um, when I have the opportunity to stand before the kids or when I have the opportunity to stand before the church or when I have the opportunity to come before you all and uh, share the word of God. um, I think sometimes that I get more out of it than other people because I'm, I'm speaking out of experience and I'm speaking the things that God has placed on my heart for me. And I hope that that translates to you uh, the same way. And I know that uh, I know that God's doing great things. So we're going to open up with a word of prayer. And uh, as we pray tonight, um, there's a, a number of needs that, uh, that are represented in our churches, in our homes, in our families, in our friends, in those people that we know and we love. Um, and so tonight, I'm just going to ask that we would stand in the gap um, for those people that maybe don't have the strength right now to do and pray and, and, and seek God for them because they're, they're not feeling well or they're not doing good. And um, we just want to be those intercessors and, and cry out to God on their behalf. Amen. So can we do that tonight? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's here. God, I thank you for each and every person, Lord God, that is joining us tonight and those that are going to join us in the future, Father. God, 
I am so thankful for what you're doing, for what you've done, and for what you're going to do. God, tonight you know that we have many needs, Lord, that are represented around this country, around this state, around our city, around our homes and our families, our friends, our hearts and our lives, our relationships, our finances. God, there are so many needs. And Father, we know that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. God, we know that by your stripes we are healed. Lord God, we know that you are the ultimate person, Lord God, that can do anything, anything that we ask. And Father, your word says that if we ask, we shall receive. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock, the door shall be opened unto us. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and everyone that seeketh findeth, and everyone that knocketh, the door is open to him. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that as we um, <clears throat> come before you, Lord God, for our needs, Lord, and Lord, as I personally come before you for the needs that I have on my mind tonight, Lord God, needs of employment, Lord God, and needs of um, you know, people in our church, God, that you know, Father, Sister Joyce, Lord, and, and Barb and Bruce, Lord God, and uh, Sister Carol, Lord God, and Sister Elsa, Father, and Lord, our pastors and, and their wives, Lord God, our, our friends, Lord God, that are going through relationship issues, Lord God. Father, our friends that are, are praying for other friends that have called out to us and said, pray, Lord God, I pray on their behalf, Lord, that you would do a miracle, Lord, in the heart and in the life, Lord God, of every single person that, Lord, needs a touch from you tonight. God, we worship you. We praise you. We lift you up, God. We magnify you tonight. And we ask, Lord, that as we go into your word, that our hearts would be open, our minds would be receptive to hear and to see what thus says the Lord tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. So, excuse me. Once again, Numbers chapter 22, starting in verse 1. Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River across from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, This mob will devour everything in sight like an ox devours grass in the field. So Balak, king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pethor, near the Euphrates River. His message said, Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Please come and curse these people for me, because they are too powerful for me. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless, and curses fall on any people you curse. Balak's messengers, who were elders of Moab and Midian, set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon Israel. They went to Balaam and delivered Balak's message to him. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. 
in the morning, I will tell you whatever the Lord directs me to say. So the officials from Moab stayed there with Balaam. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, Who are these men visiting you? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent, them, has sent me this message. Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then perhaps I will be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But God told Balaam, Do not go with them. You are not to curse these people, for they have been blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, Go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. So the Moabite officials returned to King Balak and reported Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak tried again. This time he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I will pay you very well and do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. But Balaam responded to Balak's messengers, Even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord my God. But stay here one more night, and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. That night, God came to Balaam and told him, Since these men have come for you, get up and go with them. But do only what I tell you to do. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to, to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell down on the ground, <clears throat> face down before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times, the angel of the Lord demanded? Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. 
Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, Go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. When King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at the Moabite town on the Arnon River at the farthest border of his land. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam. Didn't you believe me when I said I I would reward you richly? Balaam replied, Look, now I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. Then Balaam accompanied Balak to Kiriath-Huzoth, where the king sacrificed cattle and sheep. He sent portions of the meat to Balaam and the officials who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth Baal. From there he could see some of the people of Israel spread out below him. Then Balak said, Then Balaam said to King Balak, Build me seven altars here, and prepare seven young bulls and seven young rams for me to sacrifice. Balak followed his instructions, and the two of them sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offerings, and I will go to see if the Lord will respond to me. Then I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So Balaam went alone to the top of a bare hill, and God met him there. Balaam said to him, I have prepared seven altars and have sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. The Lord gave Balaam a message for King Balak. Then he said, Go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings with all the officials of Moab. This was the message Balaam delivered. Balak summoned me to come from Aram. The king of Moab brought me from the eastern hills. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come and announce Israel's doom. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? And how can I condemn those whom God has not condemned? I see them from the clifftops. I watch them from the hills. I see a people who live by themselves, set apart from other nations. Who can count Jacob's descendants as numerous as dust? Who can even who can count even a fourth of Israel's people? Let me die like the righteous. Let my life end like theirs. Then King Balak demanded of Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies. Instead, you have blessed them? But Balaam replied, I will speak only the message that the Lord puts in my mouth. Then King Balak told him, Come with me to another place. There you will see another part of the nation of Israel, but not all of them. Curse at least that many. So Balak took Balaam to the plateau of Zophim on Pisgah Peak. He built seven altars there and offered a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to the king, Stand here by your burnt offerings while I go over there to meet the Lord. And the Lord met Balaam and gave him a message. Then he said, Go back to Balak and give him my message. 
So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings with all the officials of Moab. What did the Lord say? Balak asked eagerly. This was the message Balaam delivered. Rise up, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He has, proclaimed, he has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. For them he is as strong as a wild ox. <clears throat> no curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, What wonders God has done for Israel. These people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. Then Balak said to Balaam, Fine, but if you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. But Balaam replied to Balak, Didn't I tell you that I can only do what the Lord tells me? Then King Balak said to Balaam, Come, I will take you to one more place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Mount Peor, overlooking the wasteland. Balaam again told Balak, Build me seven altars and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. So Balak did as Balaam ordered and offered a young bull and a ram on each altar. By now, Balaam realized that the Lord was determined to bless Israel. So he did not resort to divination as before. Instead, he turned and looked out over the wilderness, where he saw the people of Israel camped, tribe by tribe. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and this is the message he delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Beor, the message of the man whose eyes see clearly. The message of one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with eyes wide open. How beautiful are your tents, Jacob! How lovely are your homes, O Israel! They spread before me like palm groves, like gardens by the riverside. They are like tall trees planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the water. Water will flow from their buckets. Their offspring have all they need. Their king will be greater than Agag. Their kingdom will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt. For them he is as strong as a wild ox. He devours all the nations that oppose him, breaking their bones in pieces, shooting them with arrows. Like a lion, Israel crouches and lies down, like a lioness who dares to arouse her. Blessed is everyone who blesses you, O Israel, and cursed is everyone who curses you. King Balak flew into a rage against Balaam. He angrily clapped his hands and shouted, I called you to curse my enemies. Instead, you have blessed them three times. Now get out of here. Go back home. I promise to reward you richly, but the Lord has kept you from your reward. Balaam told Balak, 
Don't you remember what I told your messengers? I said, even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord. I told you that I could say only what the Lord says. Now I'm returning to my own people. But first, let me tell you what the Israelites will do to your people in the future. This is the message Balaam delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Beor. The message of the man whose eyes see clearly. The message of the one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with eyes wide open. I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. It will crush the heads of the Moab people, cracking the skulls of the people of Sheth. Edom will be taken over and Seir, its enemy, will be conquered. While Israel marches on in triumph, a ruler will rise in Jacob who will destroy the, the survivors of Ur. And then Balaam looked over toward the people of Amalek and delivered this message. Amalek was the greatest of nations, but its destiny is destruction. Then he looked over toward the Kenites and delivered this message. Your home is secure. Your nest is set in the rocks, but the Canaanites will be destroyed when, the, when Assyria takes you captive. Balaam concluded his messages by saying, Alas, who can survive unless God has willed it? Ships will come from the coast of Cyprus. They will oppress Assyria and afflict Eber, but they too will be utterly destroyed. Then Balaam left and returned home, and Balak also went his way. Man, if I could go back to just a passage of this scripture... You know, Balaam went, went through a lot of things in his life. And you could tell that Balaam was sold out to what God would have him to do. But there were even times where Balaam got blinded by the world. And it took his donkey. <laughs> the Bible says that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. It took a donkey to bring Balaam around to let him know and, and understand that, listen, this is not what God is willing for you to do. And he finally saw the angel of the Lord and the angel of the Lord told him that if you're going to do this, if you're going to go, you must listen to my voice and only say what I say. Man, what a powerful statement that is. And what a powerful goal that should be in our lives. That when we come across temptation and when we come across all of these things that look really, really good on paper. And honestly, what Balak was offering Balaam would look really, really good to a lot of people these days. Man, to be rewarded richly. To be, to be given all of the riches of the kingdom. What did Balaam say? Listen, you can give me your palaces 
and you can give me all of your silver and gold, but I cannot do anything. I cannot say anything except what God tells me to say. Man, if we were to just live our lives under that motto that no matter what golden carrot is dangled in front of our eyes, no matter what job is dangled in front of our eyes, no matter what relationship or what lust or what uh, thing that is causing us hang up and hardship and all of those things, no matter what it is that's dangled in front of our eyes, we would say to those things, listen, you got no power over me. You got no power over me. Why? Because I'm a child of God. And I can only do. It's not like I want. I, I, I have a, a choice. I can only do and say what God wills me to do and say. I love this line. It says the message of the man who eyes see clearly. You know, at one point his eyes didn't see clearly. He couldn't see that angel standing in the road. But eventually, his eyes were opened to what God was trying to do and trying to say. Man, could we just, could we just strive to have our eyes see clearly the vision that God has for us and for his people and for his church. Man, look at, look at this. This is God's people. This is God's people that, that Balaam was sent to curse. That Balaam was sent to put a curse on so that they could be utterly destroyed. You know what my Bible says? You're God's people and I'm God's people. You're the one who he called out of darkness and into marvelous light. You're the one that he's brought through the wildernesses. You're the one that he's brought through the storms. You're the one that he's brought through. I remember that, that old camp meeting song that we used to sing. Oh, you should have been there when I came through. The Holy Ghost fire was all over the place. And I got saved. Man, do you remember that day that the King of Glory looked down on you and said, I'm going to open his eyes. He's been blinded by the world, but I'm going to open his eyes. He's been blinded by the riches of this world, but I'm going to open his eyes. And when I open his eyes, he's never going to be the same again. Oh, to be like Balaam. Oh, to be able to stand up to people. And in chapter 24, verse 12, say this. Don't you remember what I told you, Balak? Don't you remember what I told your messengers, Balak? Even if you were to give me all of the stuff, all of the riches, all of the gold, all of the silver, all of everything that is in your kingdom, 
I am powerless to do anything against the will of God. I told you, I can only say what the Lord says. Man, man, that's power. That's a powerful, powerful word for somebody tonight. Stand up to those people that are trying to tell you that this is the way to go. When the Bible says that if you would trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, He will direct your paths. He will put people right in front of your path. He'll give you those divine appointments, those divine encounters. So that you can help be the part of change that needs to take place in somebody's life and in somebody's heart. Remember, God's people are a blessed people. We're a blessed people. He's chosen you. Remember what he said in John? He says, you did not choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to bear fruit. Let's jump over to Psalms. Psalms chapter 62 tonight. I wait quietly before the Lord. For my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress. Well, I will never be shaken. And so many enemies against one man. All of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. <clears throat> Let all that I am wait quietly before God. For my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge a rock where no enemy can reach me. O oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Common people are as worthless as a puff of wind, and the powerful are not what they appear to be. If you weigh them on the scales together, they are lighter than a breath of air. Don't make your hope living by extortion. Or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. God has spoken plainly. And I've heard it many times. Power, O oh God, belongs to you. Unfailing love, O oh Lord, is yours. Surely you repay all people according to what they have done. Man, if I could just pray this over us tonight. Psalms chapter 62 and verse 5. 
Let all that I am wait quietly before God. For my hope is in him. Lord, my hope is in you tonight. He alone is my rock and my fortress, my salvation. I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. Again, we're, we're talking about how Balaam understood this. He understood that no matter what he did, he had to go to God and get God's instruction before he moved, before he talked. Balaam was sold out to God and they had a relationship where when he would go away and he would meet God somewhere, God would meet with him. You know, how many times have we gotten to that place where we really, really, really needed to hear from God? And I know there's been some times where I've gotten down to pray and I felt like every single prayer reached about six feet above me and it just bounced right back down in my lap. But then there's times where I've had to touch God. Where I've had to get answers. Where I've needed something from God. Where I've needed healing. Where I've needed strength. Where I've needed provision. And when you get desperate. When you get desperate. Desperate times call for desperate actions. And it's no longer a woe is me prayer. It no longer is a God give me this and a God give me that prayer. It's a prayer that comes from your innermost being. And it wells up inside of you. And it comes out in that language that only he understands. The Bible calls them groanings that cannot be uttered. You see, when you pray like that, you're praying on purpose. And you're praying with purpose. The Bible says the effectual and fervent prayers of a righteous man or woman availeth much. And we need those kind of prayers. We need to understand that he is our rock. We talked about that last night. He's our salvation. But he's our fortress. Where we will not be shaken. Yesterday, we had another earthquake. Which they're calling an aftershock. From the 2018 earthquake that we had. It was a bad one. It was a 5.3 on the Richter scale. It shook us up. Shook my kids up. Shook me up. All of those fears. That happened in 2018. When I was standing in the middle of a Walmart store. And everything started falling down around me. 
flooded back into my mind. And then all of the shaking stopped and we were fine. There was no damage. There was no issues. There was no casualties. There was no injuries. And I looked around my house. And we got lots of cracks. We've got lots of things in the walls that are still there from the 2018 earthquake. But I looked around my house and he was our fortress. Our house stood strong. It stood tall. There's no other damage. There's none of those things. Jason, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. That in life, there's some things that shake us up pretty bad. There's some situations that shake us up pretty bad. And if we're not careful, they can cause us to fear. They can cause us to doubt. They can cause us to question. But then, all the shaking stops. And you pinch yourself. Ah, oh, I'm still alive. God is taking care of me once again. And it's in those moments that we have to remember that he is our fortress and we will not be shaken. So no matter what we go through in life, those life earthquakes that take place, those life aftershocks that come after the big one, that take place in our hearts and in our lives. The Bible says we have nothing to fear but fear itself. It says, why should we fear? Whom shall we fear? What can man do to me? That's in Psalms. So I want to challenge us tonight. Don't let the shaking overtake what God is trying to do in your heart and in your life. Because those shakings a lot of times are attacks from the enemy where he sees what God is trying to do. He sees the ministry that God has for you. He sees the plan and the purpose that God has for you. And he hates it. Because at the end of it, God gets the victory and he's defeated. Oh, there are people right now living on the streets of Anchorage, Alaska. There are right now people living on the streets in Atlanta, Georgia. There are right now people living on the streets in Africa and Asia. In Ketchikan. In every other place in between. There are people living on the streets right now that God has called into a ministry. That God has a plan and a purpose for. They could be the next Billy Grahams. They could be the next Billy Sundays. They could be the next Pastor Bobbies, Pastor Whites, Pastor Jakes, Pastor this, Pastor that. They could be the next greatest minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
But what the Bible says is that when you've done it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. He's talking about giving them uh, food, giving them clothing, giving them shelter, giving them all of those kind of things. But then we got to get to the point where we remember that he came and he died for them just as much as he came and he died for us. He loves them just as much as he loves you. And my Bible says that All we have to do is abide in Him. And if we abide in Him, and we get grafted into that vine, and we stay there, then we can go out there and we can produce fruit. That fruit that we are producing is souls. It's time that we bear fruit. It's time that we get the the attitude of Balaam that says, I will not speak unless God fills this mouth and tells me what to say. Wow, what a powerful, powerful verse that is. Man, if we could just remember that the next time that one of these situations comes up, nope. Before I do anything, before I say anything, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to talk to my father. And my father is going to tell me what to say. And then guess what? You might not like it, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you exactly what he told me to say. Oh, church. Can we get there? Can we get to that point? Where we are so on fire for God that every decision that we make comes under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. And we get to realize what God wants to do. And then, much like Jonah, when he said, Go to Nineveh and tell them, tell them they're wrong. Tell them they're sinning. Tell them they need to turn around. Just like that, we would not be like Jonah where we would turn around and we would run the other way. But we would be like the Jonah that finally came to his senses and said, I must go and do this. And then we go and we begin to talk to those people and we begin to speak to them with boldness and courage and power and let them know, repent, turn from your wicked ways, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent. And be forgiven. Oh man. What revival would begin to take place. Across our cities. Across our nations. Across our world. If we would go to God. 
if we would take it to the Lord and leave it there. Tonight as we pray, can we do that? Can we ask God, Father, I will not open my mouth. I will not speak. I will not accept the things of this world until I've talked to you, until I've conversed with you, until I know the will that you have for your people and for our hearts and for our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a powerful, powerful word you have spoken tonight. Lord, it is time that we get our minds off the world, our minds off the things of this world, and we put our minds on you. Father, your word says to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm speaking to a group tonight that loves you. I know that, God, because they're taking time out of their schedule to listen to this broadcast. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray over every single one of them. Give them the boldness of Balaam. Give them the courage of Balaam. That, Lord, when you deliver a message... They deliver it exactly the way you told them to say it. Father, when you tell us something, that we would have the boldness and the courage to go and do it. Lord, I know that you've called many to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know many are running from you right now. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would get a hold of their hearts tonight, that you would begin to give them, Lord God, the attitude of Balaam. It's not about a job any longer. It's not about all of the money in the world because you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And Father, if you want to take us out of one position to move us into a position of ministry, then God, I know you'll take care of it. I know you'll take care of us. I know you'll take care of our families, oh God. And so, Father, I'm asking that, Lord, you would give us the attitude that we will not say anything. We will not make a decision. We will not do this or that, Lord God, until we have heard from you. God, speak to us. Speak to our hearts, oh God. Use us and don't refuse us. For surely there's a work that we must do. And even though it's humble, Lord, help our wills to crumble. Though the cross be great, a work for you. Father, thank you for this time in the Word. Thank you, Lord God, that each and every day, Lord, 
I believe, God, you are just giving us words of wisdom, words of encouragement, Lord God, to get out there on social media and on all of these platforms, Lord God, so that, Father, we can experience you in a new and a fresh way every single day. God, we love you tonight. God, we just ask all of these things in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Church, I love you. I love the fact that you spend time with us reading the word and studying the word of God. Remember, it is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder, soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's what the word of God is to us. Thank you for reading the word of God with us tonight. I pray you'll come back tomorrow night for another session of the word in the year. In a year. Remember, Jesus loves you. We love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening and a great day tomorrow. God bless you.